Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Hail to the Pod with Aaron Hawksworth and D'Angelo Hall. Heading into week three, Monday night football, the Bears at Redskins. But we have to start with Washington now 0-2 against two division opponents. Things are kind of unraveling quickly, D-Hall. It's not looking good. Yeah, yeah, it's not looking good at all. Um, you know, I guess the, the the one bright spot is Case Keenum. You know, no one expected yeah. Case to be as good as he, you know, as he's been in the first two weeks. And I know we still have a lot left, a lot more football left to play. Um, but I keep going back to it. And it's not a knock against Alex Smith. But Case Keenum has come in and this offense has looked noticeably better than it did last year. Now we need to figure out what's mm-hmm. wrong with the defense. The defense is supposed to be the strength of this team. And it just doesn't look right. And I know we miss Jonathan Allen, um, you know, and and he's a big part of what this team, you know, is trying to do. But, you know, guys like Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle, you know, this team is is high on those guys. So you would expect a little bit more and not as much of a, of a, of a drop-off, Aaron. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. The defense heading into this season was supposed to be the strength and the bright spot. The Redskins have given up a total of 569 yards in the second half through the first two weeks of the season. I mean, the secondary is a big concern. Um, we talked about Josh Norman needing to step up. I mean, he got burnt. And I'm sure those comments that he says got misconstrued about Dak Prescott did not help because Dak, I mean, it seemed like he was trying to expose Josh Norman, didn't it? Well, you know, I wouldn't say trying to expose him, but I mean, definitely, you know, the one deep ball, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I was sitting at home with my wife actually going over this game and I heard the commentator talk about, uh, with this and that and this and that. And I paused it and I actually broke that play down. And you you, you always, as a safety, want to cut the crosser. But you have to talk to your corner. Let the other corner that you're cutting his man know, hey, I'm cutting your man. So, yes, it did look like Josh got beat really bad. And Josh could have been so much better on that play. But, man, you expect once your safety cuts that, you expect that backside corner to run to your post and really pick that ball because the quarterback will never see him. Mm. And so DRC, who's a guy I know very well, um, I've seen him do that and, and go make a play on the backside. Um, but, you know, he was, you know, he was a little banged up at that point. So I don't know, you know, how his health played into how he played that particular coverage. But, you know, you know it's, it's hard to just single out Josh and say, hey, Josh isn't playing well because – Collectively, as a defense, I don't think they're playing well. I think they all need to uh, need to elevate their game. Um, you know, Monte Nichols got an interception, but another ball yeah. hit him right in the hands that could have changed the changed the game. And we always talk about as DBs, try to change the game, try to affect the game, try to you know you give up a play, go out there and try to make a play. And that was a play that I think this team needed. Um, you know, they need guys to make plays. So other guys can feed off of that energy. Whenever I played, I always wanted to try to make a play. And it wasn't because I was selfishly trying to make a play for myself and make a name for myself. I wanted to make a play to give my team a little bit more fight, a little bit more energy, a little bit more oomph, like Mm -hmm. we can do this, Um, a little more motivation. And that's what I feel like this team isn't doing. It isn't making enough plays on defense to get the momentum and get the energy 
from the other guy. Yeah, and the way you were describing about wanting to make that play, I think that's kind of how I envision Landon Collins. And he he does lead the team in tackles, but it seems like the last two weeks he hasn't really been flying around as much as we were expecting. Or am I kind of off on that assessment? I mean, Landon's been flying around, but you got to understand the kind of you know when you're playing safety, it's tough to to really go make a play. Um, you know, I just read something where Jamal Adams got benched. And they asked Jamal Adams, hey, what happened? And this is a premier young safety in this league. Jamal, you know, what happened? Well, yeah, I saw something on film, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I guessed, and I guessed wrong and Coach benched me. Like, you can't mm-hmm. really go out and guess and try to make a play at safety because you're the safety valve of that defense. You are the last line of defense. You almost have to make sure everything's okay. And, and you know, when I move from corner to safety, that's the first thing I realized, like, I don't just have to cover this one receiver. I gotta. I, I have to know where all eleven of my or all ten of my guys are, plus me, and I have to figure out where all eleven of the other guys on the other team are doing. And so, you know, mm. it, it's hard to you know to to want Landon to go out and have two, three interceptions. You know, he's leading the team in tackles, so he's flying around. He's trying to be around the ball. Um, but you're right; those big splash plays that you you know we've seen him make against us as a giant is the plays we're waiting to see from him. And, you know, hopefully those will come. Um, but just knowing the safety position, sometimes you just got to be patient. Patience is a virtue. Um, even with Monte Nichols, he didn't go out and make an exceptional play and got an interception. We've always said as a DB, you're going to get probably 50% of your picks on tips and overthrows. That was an overthrow, you know? Well, that mm. actually was a tip. I'm sorry, a tipped overthrow. Um, right off the receiver's yeah. hands, and he just was in the right spot as a safety valve, um, and he was able to fly around and you know get the ball flying his hands. And so, yeah, we definitely need to you know need to see everyone on this defense making making more plays. Yeah, I mean the defense is struggling without question. I mean they're struggling to contain receivers, stop the run, rush the passers. Been an issue. Um, Greg Minuski getting a lot of criticism. Obviously, you mentioned it. The knee injury to top defensive lineman Jonathan Allen has been big. Uh, number two cornerback Quentin Dunbar. Uh, I don't know where you yeah, go. Fabian Monroe. Yeah, Fabian um, you Monroe's lose Ruben Foster, who's supposed to be, you know, the linchpin of this defense, a guy that you were really, really high on. Um, you lose him early, so you know this. This, you know, this defense has the has the ability um to be really 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 good is what we thought we knew we had a you know reuben foster injury early in the offseason um you know obviously jonathan allen dunbar fabian monroe those guys kind of suffered those um in games and so missing those guys is huge but just think about it you know you you're missing uh fabian monroe and quentin dunbar mm-hmm. but who falls in your lap Aaron Colvin, you know, a guy I remember this team having me talk to him to try to get him to sign in free agency. Mm. He went with Houston, which had, you know, offered a lot more money, um, you know, and and, and, and a, a better situation for him. Now he finds himself here. I mean, you know, it couldn't it couldn't have come at a better time, um, yeah. you know, to have a guy like Aaron Colvin, who I think is a really, really good player. Um, if they didn't want to throw Jimmy Moreland right in there in the slot right now. Um, you know, I thought Aaron Coven was a good, you know, he's a good slot corner. 
I would have thought maybe they would have tried to sprinkle him in a little bit last week. They didn't do that. So I'm interested to kind of see what the game plan would be with Aaron Colvin. But, I mean, he's a he's a, he's a a guy who's been a number one, number two corner um, in this league. He's moved in the slot, and he's shown his ability to be a, a dominant slot corner. That's why he got paid um, in, 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 in Houston. And so, you know, th- this team, you know, even with all the injuries, they still have guys. You know, you talk about yeah, Jonathan Allen. You still have Matt Ioannidis. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, Ioannidis was a guy that they were like, man, like, we got to find a way to get this dude on the field more because he was making so many plays. And so, you know, we, 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 we're still waiting for him to kind of make a play this season. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's a collective effort. Um, yeah. And in, in, in just a group needs, on to, defense, needs to collectively step right. up on defense. Yeah. Let's take a look at the offense because I think for me, Case Keenum has totally exceeded my expectations. He's thrown for 601 yards, five touchdown passes, no interceptions through two games. I mean, he's really done you know, more than what I think a lot of the fans expected. And like you said, the offense, the passing game has looked much better than what we saw last year. Um, Now the run game, I don't know if it's just what Jay Gruden's trying to do, but it seems like they're abandoning the run. They're falling behind in the second half and they kind of have to abandon the run game, I guess. You know, there's there's not much they can do when they start falling behind that much. Yeah, and just think about all the years Cousins played here and how at the end of the game we'd be like, man, it didn't look like Kirk threw for 350 yards. Yeah. Well, and when you're playing lost. from behind, you kind of got to throw it. Yeah, you got to throw it around a little bit. You're hitting check downs. Um, even at the end of this Dallas game, Case Keenum hit, a, I mean, I, 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 I probably seven, eight check downs um, and just kept moving the sticks, kept moving the sticks because at that point Dallas was like, look, we got this game won. Let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so the numbers can be misleading. Um, at, at times, but Case is making good decisions. But yeah, the puzzling thing is this offense still can't run the football. And when you can't run the football, it makes it so hard on your offensive line yeah. because you're not, you, you're no longer going forward being aggressive as offensive linemen. You're now sitting back, pass protecting, and that D line is just coming at you. Blitzes are coming at you. Um, and so to not be able to to be balanced offensively is hurting this team. It's absolutely hurting this team because this offensive line isn't very good. It isn't very good with Trent Williams. And so without Trent Williams, um, it, it, it's, it's right. you know it's it's, it's one penalties. of the weaker units on this team. The penalties, and, but hold on, man, are hurting. Hey, you're talking about penalties. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about penalties. The left side isn't even the problem. That to me is a telling sign. The left side has not been the problem what we all thought it would be. Right. It's been the right side. And now you go back to talk about the penalties. Way too many penalties. This isn't an offense that can pick up first downs and keep the chains moving when they've had a setback. They have to do everything perfect so that it's second and seven, third and four, and then you pick up a first down. This team can't get a holding penalty and it's first and 20 because then now it's second and 18. Now it's third and 12, and they don't convert those kind of uh, first downs. They, mm. they just haven't been able to yeah. do that. Uh, what about Paul Richardson? He had three catches Sunday. I feel like I'd like to see a little more from him. I mean, one of them looked really good, but I don't know. It just seems like he is not living up to expectations. I know when we kind of previewed the season, we both wanted to see more from Richardson. <laughs> 
Yeah, and this team just, I mean, they, they, they have the hardest time getting their playmakers the ball. Um, you know, I do feel like they're trying to force force feed Terry a little bit, which they should. He, he's, he's, he's proven that, that, that he's going to be a reliable player for them for years to come. But Paul Richardson is the guy you paid a lot of money to to, to do some of the same things that Terry's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to find a way to get him the ball. Whenever Jordan Reed's back healthy, you know, there's no reason Jordan Reed should, should be on your football field and not get targeted at least 10 times. You've got to think Jordan every, Reed is close, right? I mean, even – Oh, yeah, you got I to. I mean, I thought he would play – Yeah. Yeah, I thought he would play against Dallas. And so, um, you know, to see him not play against Dallas and we still really haven't heard a definitive answer um, yet – you know, you do start to start to worry a little bit because, you know, Jordan has had a lot of concussions and nothing is not 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 any wins. Nothing is, is, yeah. is, is more important than, than his health. his health and him yeah. being able to walk and hold his kids and play with his kids, um, you know, when he hangs when he hangs it up and he's done with this game. Yeah, yeah, hopefully he is doing OK and then hopefully he can return and help this team out on offense because, They certainly have been struggling. But as we said, Case Keenum, he has exceeded expectations. And then another bright spot, Adrian Peterson passes Jim Brown with 107 rushing touchdowns after that healthy scratch. And I know how frustrated he was, even though he said all the right things. I'm sure that wasn't uh, the way he wanted things to go in week one. But it was great Mm -hmm. to see him uh, be able to get that personal accolade and and milestone, even though, you know, the final outcome of the game wasn't exactly, you know, what he wanted, what the team wanted. I'm sure it was bittersweet for Peterson, but uh, they didn't get him. They got him involved quite a bit. But again, that offensive line, it, it seems like Moses and Sheriff with all the holding calls, I mean, it's it's been a lot, and Eric Flowers, he's not playing that bad. Yeah, he's not, and you know, I I think I read somewhere that uh that they 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 kind of said they felt like they were getting picked on the offensive line. Um, you know, if, if you look at if you just focus on the O line and the D line when watching the game, I mean, it is holding every single play. So some of the holding penalties are a little bit like, come on, man, like head scratchers. Yeah. But some of them, right. some of them are just guys getting beat and just holding on, you know, holding on for dear life. And, um, you know, when when you're missing a guy like Trent Williams, everyone else has to step up. Um, it, it's not on uh, uh, Donald Penn to be Trent Williams. Donald Penn is going to be Donald Penn. I think that's the mistake. A lot of people expect the backup to come in and be the starter. No, he's the backup for a reason. He is it's not his fault. Everyone else around him who normally starts is supposed to elevate their game. Um, and, and, and all you need your backup to do is be who you are. Don't do anything mm-hmm. anymore. Don't do anything any less. Be who you are and let every other piece around him step up. And that's what the guys on that offensive line need to do. They need to step up. Um, Morgan Moses is now the Trent Williams. He has to dominate that right side. And, and they they don't need to be able to, you know, they, they don't need to uh, uh, try to have the game plan to, 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 to give Morgan help. He's a capable uh, blocker. He just needs to move his feet a little bit more, work on his hand positioning on some plays. Um, and, and 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 really just just lock in because it's on him 
to be Trent Williams. It's not on Donald Penn to be Trent Williams. We need Morgan to elevate his game. We need Sheriff to elevate his game. Um, Chase, Chase and, you know, the rest of those guys, Eric Flowers, like you just mentioned, he's playing pretty good football. And so um, you need everybody else on that, you know, on that line to do the same thing. So this team can run the football because if they can run the football like they did last year um, with the way they're throwing the ball, they are scary. That's why I picked them over Dallas because I did think they would be able to run the football a little bit more. And I expected this defense to be a little bit better. Um, especially mm. giving up big plays, knowing that they gave up big plays in week one. And I knew that would be a point of emphasis um, that the coaches would try to relate to them. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a little weird. It, it, you know, it definitely yeah. is. Have you, have you and hear, uh, heard anything, you know, coming out of Redskins Park maybe about uh, just Greg Minuski possibly being on the hot seat? I know I heard, you know, yes. they weren't happy yeah. with him, but. I mean, I heard that too. Um, you know, nothing official. I can't confirm anything, but I would think if if anyone's gonna get fired, it would probably this is just my guess. It would probably be Minuski first, yeah. and then Jay. Yeah, because let me and I don't because let me say this: man. part of everyone knows, all the fans know, I interviewed to be the DB job. I mean, to to, to, to be the DB coach um, for the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Had a great interview with Minuski and Jay. Um, and heck, I thought I. Thought I got the job, to be 100% honest with you. Um, I even had other coaches congratulate me, and then something kind of kind of changed. And I ended up finding out that uh, Greg Minuski basically said, hey, I want a DB coach. I loved D. Hall's interview. It was great. Um, any other situation, he'd be my guy. But I kind of want a DB coach with a little bit of coordinator experience. Um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. how Ray Horton got brought back into the fold. Um, and I say all that to say, long story short, when you have, <laughs> you're leaving me for the no, podcast to go. Coach? No, not yeah, at all. Not saying. at all. Not at all. I'm just but <laughs> but when you have defensive coordinators or coaches on your staff who've been defensive coordinators, it's the same thing that happened to Joe Barry when Greg Minuski basically got the job. You know, whisk it right from under yeah. uh, Joe Barry, who, um, you know, we all felt like just didn't get a fair shake at it. Um, but at the same time, it's a business. You understand decisions have to be made. Now you have Rob Ryan right, as your but, linebackers but, coach. But this defense is underperforming, but exactly, and but, you would know better at, than anyone. But hold on. You got uh, what, Rob what Ryan as your coordinator, or as a, as a linebackers coach, and Ray Horton, who's these guys have 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 over decades of experience as coordinators. So if it's time if it's time for Greg Mineski. It's going to be easy for Jay to feel confident that whoever he goes with, either is Ray Horton or is uh or or is Rob Ryan, both of those guys can go out there and I think do do an exceptional job, I think. And sometimes you need to change things up a little bit um just to get guys rejuvenated. They need to hear it from another voice because Obviously, this team and this defense shouldn't be taking steps back. They should be growing well, and getting better. Yeah, the Cowboys scored 21 unanswered points. I, I mean, it's just head scratching And really called the and dogs I, off, Aaron. I mean, let's be real. They called the dogs yeah. off because they probably could have done a lot more if they really wanted to. Um, but just called yeah. the dogs off. Like I said, let them throw, throw the ball to all their underneath routes, and they just kind of ran it a little bit. And they were able to – pick up first downs. We couldn't get off the field at the very end when we were trying to kind of get a little more points, not make it look as ugly. 
um, you know, Dallas still kept pounding that ball and uh, picking up first downs. So I was, I went to the game. I was at the Cowboys game at FedEx Field in the locker room and and attended the press conferences post game. And that mood was, not, it was tense. Uh, you could sense and feel the frustration, and and it's. It, it just doesn't feel, <laughs> I don't know, Monday Night Football. You know how this team does sometimes mm. on the big stage. We've got the I Bears know. coming to town. I, I don't know. I mean, this could get ugly. Like, it, I don't know what's going to happen because that you're already 0-2 in the division. Uh, that you're, You could be 0-3. Uh, and then, you know, it's the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones starting. And Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins are going to be linked forever just because, you know, both teams are looking at drafting a quarterback. So I think that they're always going to look at, you know, at each other and see who's doing better and things like that. Um, so Daniel Jones is going to be starting. Um, and then you've got the Patriots after that. I mean, I'm really concerned about this Redskins team and where this franchise is headed. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm a little concerned as well, and because you know, I'm I'm not concerned from a player standpoint. Um, I feel like they have players. Um, you know, you think about the guys on this roster, and they have players. They've been right in the draft. You know, to 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 be wrong drafting a guy like Josh Dotson as a first round draft pick, and then you got Terry McLaurin here as a third rounder. Yeah, um, and he's balling, and so you feel like, man, we got it right. Like, yeah, Josh Dawson didn't work out, but, man. Does did we, Kyle did we hit Smith this? get credit for that? Yeah, or Doug yeah. Williams? I mean, like, Kyle, yeah. uh, Toast, all those guys in that, in that scout department, they're getting – they're starting to get the kind of players that they want. It's just about yeah. getting everyone on the same page and getting well, everyone playing hard every too. play. Yeah. Every play yeah. consistently. Um, and I don't know if if it's because, hey, we need a, we need a new voice. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's the new voice. I'm under the, the belief, and I've always believed this, that you only get better when you can perfect something. And to perfect something, you need consistency. You need stability. Yeah. And so, so having said that, yeah. I mean, could it let's say they do go, you know, oh and four, oh and five. Could I mean, do you see them firing Jay Gruden mid season? I mean, I I don't know. I to you know, to answer your question, I don't know. Um and that, My gut says they probably wouldn't, but and, and, I don't know. I mean, but even to consider that when you have a rookie quarterback who's kind of learning this system, he's already, you know, everyone's already kind of made the made the statement that, you know, this language thing is, is a lot for him. It's a lot for him. And so you've basically given a dude a year of Spanish, and now you're going to tell him, all right, man, we're going to learn French now. And it's like, dang, bro! I just did a year of Spanish, man. Like, I got a little base. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play so much faster because I have a base. But now you yeah. take that base away from me, and yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be That's better because really I've seen point. some defenses. But I mean, I think he needs to stay That's in this really offense, and that to me is is the tough part. Um, are, yeah. are they fed up with Jay to the point that they're willing to, um, you know, set, uh. Dwayne Haskins back a year um, because now it's going to be like he's a rookie all over again trying to learn a learn a new system. Um, I don't mm. I don't think that's the smart move. I think that's probably why the Giants are doing what they're doing because Pat Sherman doesn't want any confusions. This is our guy. 
He's going to be our guy. Let's go ahead and get him out there. Let's get him more comfortable understanding because they have offensive line problems too. And it's not just Eli Manning playing bad. That whole Giants team is playing bad. And so I think <laughs> inserting a guy like Daniel Jones in, a, a more athletic Eli Manning type of quarterback, he can at least extend the play a little bit. And that, to me, yeah. is the difference. Um, even though Dwayne Haskins is more mobile than I think people give him credit for, he's not trying to move around and extend the play. Uh, um, you know, Case Keenum is that kind of guy. So I think with the offensive line, the way it is right now and the way they're playing right now, I think for us, Case Keenum is the right uh, guy under center. Yeah. For New York, Daniel Jones is absolutely the right guy. Makes more sense. Yeah. I agree yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Now, what about sort of just the mindset of this team? Because how difficult is it to, you know, stay up mentally, kind of knowing I mean, just the state of things with the injuries, it, with starting 0-2 in the division? It's, it's tough. You know, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I've been a part of teams that – Week in and week out, can't win the big one. Or, uh, you know, you go out there and, 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 you, and you put a bad performance on film and or your offense doesn't do something or your defense is playing bad. Um, you know, I played 10 years here in Washington. And so, you know, it wasn't always sunshine's, you know, sunshine, sunshiny days. Um, and so, I mean, I know firsthand what that's like. And the only thing that cures it is winning. These guys have to go out and compete every guy. And that locker room right. has to take pride in what they're doing, perfecting their craft during the week. Um, for all DJ Swearinger's faults and all the criticism um, that the media and, you know, the team might have sent his way and, and, and ultimately sent them packing, he was right. You have to prepare a certain way. And when you have a young team, a team that, 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 that's not full of uh, older guys who've been around the block a time or two, you got to practice a different way. When you got an older team, you can take it easy on them. You can rest them a little bit. You can work their mind a little bit more than their bodies because they've been through it. When you got a young team, the only thing that's going to help them understand what is expected and how to do it the right way is repetition, is repetition, is being out there and seeing it and doing it. Um, you know, Terry McLaurin can't sit out and, and, and walk a route and get the feel for where he's going to be. Um, a guy like Deshaun Jackson could. Um, and so to me, that's a little bit of the difference. This is a young team, and I don't know how they're practicing. Um, I'm just saying they need to ramp it up a little bit more, and and, and, and everybody, um, you know, has to step it up because coaches coach, players play. We can say all we want about the X's and O's, um, but everyone's put in position on every single play to succeed. It's just as a staff. Are we putting that player in, 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 in the best position for him to succeed? Like, I'm not going to ask a guy to do something I know he can't do. To me, I'm not putting him in position to succeed. And that's, I think, what the staff needs to do a better job of. Uh, but ultimately, every player who's out there and on that field has to play a little bit better. And the team would be playing better if one key guy came back, and that's Trent Williams. This situation is getting ugly. Something needs to happen soon. I mean, I don't know what the Redskins are doing. They've said that they do not want to trade Trent Williams, but this whole stare down just isn't working. Trent's made it clear that he doesn't want to play here from the reports that we've heard. So I think it would be best if the Redskins just get what they can for him and both sides move on. Yeah. I mean, you've seen a lot of 
good players in this in in in, in the last couple weeks request trades and get their trades granted or at least have you know teams willing to work with them to 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 accommodate them or to make the situation better um you know i've i've always said if i was in the redskins front office there's no way i'm trading a guy that's talented if i'm trent williams and i want to be out of here there's no way i'm coming back unless you get me out of here unless you um agree to trade me or we have some kind of dialogue that that we get to somehow come to an agreement that all right i come back but at the end of the season you know you try to get me where i you know where i want to go um you know the troubling part is you're a team that's trying to win football games um and you don't have arguably your best player on the field okay cool i understand that but if you don't have your best player on the field and you know he doesn't want to be here why not try to trade him and get something for him get another really good player to help your football team compete because you know he hasn't been there for two weeks is he not going to be there for three weeks is he not going to be there for four five six seven eight how long is he not going to be there and and is it worth not having him here for eight nine games and then coming back for the other nine or having a guy um that's a really good player that you've traded for or a future draft pick player um, that they can help you win football games. And so, you know, it's just confusing why, like I said before, why both sides can't just agree to disagree. If I'm Trent Williams and I, I want to be paid and the organization, look, yeah. cool, I like you, but I don't want to pay you. Da -da 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 -da. All right, cool. And let's agree to disagree and let's come to it. Right. Let's come to like, a conclusion. It's too bad it didn't work out. We wish it would, but. Okay, enough is enough. The 2019 trade deadline is October 29th. So I hope the, the dialogue is moving now. I don't know where the two sides are at, but I mean, enough is enough. Like you said, other teams have, have been asked and or demanded to be traded and they've gotten it. You know, at some point you've got to just get as much as you can for Trent Williams and move forward. Yeah, like think about this, Aaron. Jalen Ramsey just got into it with his head coach, right? Um, right. And just requested a trade. Jacksonville's already put it out there. It's going to take at least a first round draft pick and something else um, is what we want for him. OK, cool. Let's figure it out. Until then, Jalen's like, look, I'm a part of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm trying to help them win a football game. And that's the focus. That is the focus. Same thing with Mika Fitzpatrick when he wanted to be traded. Look, I'm a part of the Miami Dolphins right now until something else changes. I just want to win football games. He goes out, he plays football, he gets traded. Now he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. And so like, is is we're making it more complicated than it is. If you don't think the guy's worth which, what, what, what he thinks he's worth and he's trying to get paid, I mean, let's be real here. As a player, that's my leverage is to hold out. As an organization, I've been a guy who was supposed to make $8 million and they felt like, ah, well, you don't, you don't deserve $8 million. Um, we're gonna cut you down to uh to 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 a million, and they've waited so long to tell you, and then free agency's already hit. Everybody spent their money, and so now you're forced into a wall. You know, you're forced into a corner, back against a wall. As a player, I love to see these players take control of it. You know, everybody's saying, "Does it look like the NBA?" I hope it looks like the NBA. Do team up, do what you want, talk to other players. Make it about, the, the, you know, what's best for you as a player, because once you get in that locker room, it does become about the team. 
But in the offseason and while you're negotiating, you can be as greedy as you want to be personally um, and go to the best situation for yourself because, I mean, I, I like I like what the NBA is doing. I mean, obviously, it's guaranteed monies and contracts. You know, with the whole max contract thing, it, it's not hard to negotiate deals. Um, but I like that the players are kind of taking back a little bit of power and saying, hey, I don't want to play there. And And teams are respecting those wishes. Like, you know, Monday Night Football, the Redskins, the Bears, if you're Trent Williams, you're absolutely not coming this week, right? Why would you? Because it's prime time. Everybody's going to be talking about why the best player on the team is not on the team. At some point, I know they're going to be hitting those little nuggets throughout the game about Trent Williams not being there. And so you get that story going. You get more traction on it. You get more people talking about it. And maybe they do make a decision and say, hey, look, maybe Trent's not coming back. And so, um, yeah, but Monday Night Football, absolutely. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. So the Trent Williams holdout situation carries into week three, Monday Night Football. It's the Chicago Bears at the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field. I don't think we'll see Trent Williams anytime soon, but thank you so much, D. Hall, for your thoughts on this. We'll have another episode coming out later this week. We want to thank all of our subscribers and all of the subscribers to The Athletic. We're out. On the hop. Out. Hey everyone, what's up? I am so excited to share some really big news with you. Our team here at The Athletic and our friends at Wondery just launched a brand new daily sports show. It's called The Lead. I love it and I know you're going to love it too. The Lead is the first daily sports news podcast that will cover everything from the world stage to the hometown. So with the help of The Athletic's more than 400 sports writers and editors, plus co-host Kavitha Davidson and Anders Kelto, they're all going to bring you sports news up close and personal each weekday morning. You're about to hear a preview of The Lead, so subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now so that you never miss an episode. There's a link in the episode notes that's going to take you right there. It's super easy. And check out theathletic.com slash the lead to read stories featured on The Lead. Subscribe now to hear new episodes of The Lead each weekday morning. Last week, some major news rocked the NFL. New allegations overnight against NFL star Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown has been accused of rape in a new lawsuit. In the suit filed in the Southern District of Florida, the 28-year-old claims Brown sexually assaulted her on three occasions in 2017 and 2018. The accusations against Brown came just days after he joined the New England Patriots. But despite those accusations, Brown played for the Patriots on Sunday. Antonio Brown, the newest Patriot, plunging into the stands in his hometown. And then just yesterday, new accusations emerged. And another allegation of sexual misconduct from an artist he hired to paint a portrait of him. Now the NFL and the Patriots need to figure out exactly what to do with Antonio Brown. Today, we're going to speak with the Athletics' Lindsey Jones about how the NFL has dealt with cases like this in the past and what that history tells us about the present. I'm Kavitha Davidson. It's Tuesday, September 17th, and this is The Lead. It felt like something great was happening. There was just something about the emotion. 
emotion and that moment. The failures of the past don't matter because we've got this guy. Now. This isn't a story where you interview the athlete and go home. It stays with you. So, Lindsay, everyone is talking about Antonio Brown right now. For those who aren't so firmly embedded in the NFL, can you just explain how big of a story this is? We've had a lot of kind of massive stories when it involves stars and their off-field behavior, but this one is right up there because Antonio Brown is one of probably the top five players in the NFL. I mean, you could argue based on position and positional value and all of these sorts of things, but this is a major story that's going to really test a lot of the things that the NFL says that it stands for right now in terms of um, player behavior and personal conduct policy when it comes to one of its very biggest stars. Right. Like this isn't just any player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one, a very high profile player. I mean, he's uh, very out there on his social media. He's one of the highest paid wide receivers um, and he's been an all pro for year after year after year. So he's a very good player with a very high profile. And the Antonio Brown story was already bizarre, which we'll get into a little later. But now it's taken a complete left turn with him being accused of sexual assault. How how has the league dealt with serious accusations like this in the past? You know, NFL players were not really penalized very harshly for their behavior off the field in previous eras. Um, it was kind of a system of we're going to let law enforcement deal with this. So if guys weren't convicted, if they weren't even arrested, then the NFL wasn't going to punish them. All of that changed, though, five years ago with the Ray Rice incident. Ray Rice was seen on video dragging his unconscious fiancé, now wife, out of an elevator. Ray Rice um, was a starting running back for the Baltimore Ravens. He won a Super Bowl with the Ravens. And in 2014, he was arrested and indicted on a domestic violence charge, ended up getting a two-game suspension from the NFL. And then later, there was further video that was released. A vicious punch, a woman unconscious, a football player under fire, and all the signs of an NFL cover-up. TMZ um, uncovered video from inside the elevator that showed Ray Rice knocking out his fiance. And when that video came out, there was just massive backlash. I think the way the NFL handled this was awful. It, It was outrageous. Literally tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of fans outraged. The commissioner, Roger Goodell, and his staff realized that they had to do something. And so what they did was completely overhaul their personal conduct policy, especially in regards to domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse. But ultimately, it kind of reinforced that Roger Goodell has ultimate authority to discipline players, really however he chooses, regardless of what a court might say or what the criminal justice system might have determined in a similar case. And the commissioner uses that authority through something called the commissioner's exempt list. We hear this term thrown around often in cases like this. What exactly is the commissioner's exempt list? Basically, the NFL's version of administrative leave, where it's taking that player off the field. He will still be paid, but he will will not be able to play while the rest of the investigation proceeds. And they're saying, we're going to make this disciplinary decision at this point to place him on this paid leave. 
we're not letting the team handle it. You will not be making this decision whether or not this guy who's accused of a crime is going to play. We, the league, are going to make that decision. To hear the rest of the episode, listen and subscribe to The Lead on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now.